thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us for Jesus the Healer. And the good news is he is the healer. And he's always the healer. Amen. I mean, that's always his will. And so we cooperate with his will. Amen. We've been talking about something through the episodes. I have at different times referred to the event of my husband's unexpected homegoing and how our family addressed that, how we got past that situation. And how we, if I could say this, where did we place that in our lives? Um, So we've been talking about out of my book called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. And I'm just here to say this episode is not going to be sorrowful. (laughs) It's not a down negative direction because it's about victory. Victory in the face of grief and sorrow. And uh, I want you to know our victory is so far reaching. There's no time, no season, no event. You don't have victory in that. In, in that. Victory is always available. Amen. And so it's waiting for our faith to show up. Amen. And so we've just been taking some time and I invite you, go back to previous episodes, watch upcoming episodes because we're going to still stay on this series for a little bit because the, what God taught us, we want to teach you. You know, it, it matters that God has examples and we want to be an example in this because by the grace of God, by the help of God and his word, we did not lose ground. We did not... Uh, lose any aspect of what God had planned. And so I want you to know that no matter what difficulties arise in your life, it doesn't have to mean a downgraded quality of life or flow of life for you. And so we're talking about, first of all, what's the right way to think about these things? And then what is to be our response? Because out here all around us in the world, we see how other people respond to crisis, how they respond to emergencies. And they are not to be our example if they're not word-based examples. And so we don't have to take our cues uh, from mm, the the examples we've seen if they're not the highest flow of what God offers us. And just because you've always seen a certain response doesn't mean that has to be your response. Amen. When one of the things that we had said even to our congregation is we are not obligated to respond the way others who are not taught what we're taught. Thank yes. God we're taught some things. We don't know everything, but we've been taught some things. Yes. And we're not obligated to respond 
like those who haven't been taught what we've been taught. We're obligated to respond in line with what the word has made ours. And it's not just our obligation, it's our privilege to respond, have the response of the word. There's many different situations, times and settings in life that can offer you a flow of grief and sorrow. Not just when someone of a loved one or someone close to you leaves the earth, but when things don't work out as you wish. Whether a business is lost, a home is lost, a relationship is lost. Um, we don't have to let grief and sorrow be the flow of our life. Amen. Amen. Well, how, how are we going to keep that from happening? We have to know what the word says and believe it. Be a doer of it. Amen. <clears throat> Uh, as I said, on Friday, October the 18th, 2013, is when my husband unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord. And the Holy Ghost had prepared me um, because that's part of his faithful job as a faithful comforter, is he prepares us. One way he comforts us is he prepares us. And really, that's a primary way he comforts us. So two years before my husband went home to be with the Lord, the Spirit of God said, all I want you doing is practicing peace. He wasn't saying don't do anything else. He was saying make that your emphasis. And you say, well, how do you practice peace? Well, any thought that doesn't add to the flow of peace, add to your joy, reject it, resist it. Don't let your mind go that direction. And because I did that, the day I heard in my husband's home going, I knew what the peace flow was like. I knew what it felt like and I knew how to protect that flow. And stay in that flow with skill. And so I helped my family with it. You'll, you need to go back and watch the previous episodes because I tell you what I told them. And uh, to help them through it. And basically the same thing with the congregation. Um, the day, of course, of that event, the presence of God was so tangible. That's one flow of his comfort, isn't it? His presence becomes evident. And thank God for that. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say the first day of his home going, the primary thing I did, I didn't try to answer all the future questions. Mm -hmm. I didn't make a list of all the things I had to address. I don't have to answer yes. anything today. That was my thought. I don't have yes. to answer anything today. I just have to establish my footing in the right flow today. That's what I have to do. Establish my footing in the right flow. And the good thing is I was already in that flow. So I didn't step out of that right flow. But now I'm going to establish myself and protect that flow because now I knew <clears throat> the, the further you get away from that event, whether in moments, hours, days, the devil's going to try to take advantage. And so um, I, just, I just set my flow immediately. And I just walked through my house, raising my hands, worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God. I wasn't worshiping him for the event. I was worshiping him for who he was in that event. That he was still more than enough. That greater is he that's in me. And I was worshiping him for that. And I did not let my mind go into the wrong thinking of why did God let this happen? Because I know the word. And there was no blame in God, no blame of God in this. No, uh, because the word tells us Satan is the one, the thief. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. He's the one to blame. He's the one we're going to, we, Jesus wrecked his kingdom, wrecked it. 
and defeated him totally. And I'm just going to enjoy watching my victory in the face of his defeat. Amen. So really my emphasis for that day especially was worshiping God. What was I doing? I was protecting the peace flow. I was protecting the peace flow. So I, I, and while I worshiped and I'll I'll go back to, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, that the presence of God was so apparent and so evident. And I went to sleep that night, um, woke up the next morning and I said to God, I said, God, I so appreciate that your presence is so evident. It's so tangible. I can sense it so real in the home and upon me. But I said, but I'm aware that there's going to be a day I might not sense it as tangibly. That doesn't mean you've left, but the sense of it might not be as strong. And I said on that day, and I don't know when that is. I don't know if that's in a couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months that I might not sense it as strong. But I said, when I don't sense it as strong that day, am I going to have a fight on my hands? That's what I asked him. Meaning this, I wanted to prepare myself. I wanted to prepare myself. And when I said that, Jesus spoke to me. And he said, I not only bore your sickness and disease, I bore your grief and sorrow. And I said, got it. Got it. Now, see, I knew that verse. But when he said it to me, I said, got it. I don't ever have to have a struggle with it again. The struggle of that never has to come again. If I remember when the opportunity to grieve or sorrow comes, I never have to struggle with it. If I keep the door closed to it. Um, I want to read to you Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, surely he, talking about Jesus, has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. Look how far-reaching that is. And he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Listen, he was the only one who could carry it because we couldn't. You can't live under that and live the life God authored. It It took the Godhead to deal with it. He said he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Well, for me that day, it wasn't physical wholeness that was called for. It was my life whole. When there was someone who was such a big part of my life wasn't there anymore that I don't live with a gaping hole. He makes me whole. Even when there's a vacancy that had occurred. I don't live my life feeling that vacancy. I'm whole. Now, if people want to magnify, hear me, 
if people want to magnify, oh, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. Now listen, you know, and I'm talking about years after the event. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the immediacy of the event. Mm -hmm. Immediately, it takes a while sometimes for people to, if I could say this, center back up. Uh Uh But over time, Mm -hmm. we can't, if I could say this, magnify the vacancy. We have to magnify the wholeness. It's not a human that makes me whole. It's him that makes me whole. I will not live this life feeling the absence, a gaping hole in my life and family. Now that is not erasing them. It's getting rid of any void and letting God fill it. I will not fill a void because a human isn't there. God fills that void. Amen. Amen. That is not dismissing them from our affections Mm -hmm. or from, I mean, we tell so many funny family stories so often and we're not sad in the telling because we've been made whole. The family is whole. Do we wish he was still here? Sure. But I'm not going to live with a sense of void, a sense of something missing all the time. I let God feel that. Though that's what I was doing, worshiping God. I'm not going to walk around mindful. He's not here. He's not here. He's not here. I'm going to magnify and let the one who is here feel that place. Amen. Amen. You have to want that. You have to want that. Don't derive your comfort from holding to the crisis. Because it gives you the wrong kind of attention. It'll give you attention, but it's the wrong kind. It will trouble your life. I want it to, I want the attention I get come from a place that lifts me, not from a place that holds me down that holds my life at the level of an event. Amen. So that means we have to draw our comfort from the word. We can't draw our comfort from telling for the thousandth time someone about that event. It doesn't comfort us. It keeps us digging out the hole. It just gets deeper and deeper instead of God feeling it and making that hole full of himself. Amen. He'll fill it with himself. Now, Philippians chapter four, go with me if you would, because these things are so critical to us that we think right and we have right actions to keep the door closed to what Jesus redeemed us from, the grief and the sorrow. Philippians chapter four, verse six, the Amplified Classic. And and when I talk about being redeemed from grief and sorrow, I'm not saying you won't weep for someone. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that you won't get in the wrong flow. You won't get under a spirit of grief and a spirit of of sorrow that just pushes you down, darkens your day. Philippians four, six, the Amplified Classic says, do not fret. Or have any anxiety, look at this, about anything. Ah, anything. That means for me, I remembered this that day. I can't fret about this event. I can't even fret about 
the upcoming decisions I've got to make. I can't fret over things I don't yet have answers to that's connected to this event. I can't. Do not. That's not a suggestion. It's a command. If you as a parent tell a child, do not touch that. That's not, it would be advisable if you don't touch. No, this is a command. Don't touch it. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, financially, physically, any, anything. Cannot. Um, how do you know if you're fretting? Fretting is another word for worry. We might not use that very commonly in, the, in, our, in our current vernacular. We might not say, oh, don't fret. We might say, don't worry about it. You know what two people say? No worries, right? Uh, that's the same thing. Don't worry about it. How do you know if you're worrying about it? How do you know if you're fretting? If you're thinking about it. Now that's going to nail a lot of things to that wall. (laughs) Because we think, oh my goodness, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just concerned. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Do not fret. And it takes a discipline and it takes paying attention to what are you thinking about. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Well, if we're not going to worry or fret or have anxiety, which is all of that's just nothing but the outflow of fear. Fear and doubt get together and they have an offspring called worry. They produce worry, worried thoughts. If we're not going to fret or have any anxiety, what are we going to do about it? It goes on and tells us, but in every circumstance, every circumstance, your circumstance is not excluded. No matter how dramatic, no matter how earth shaking your circumstance is, it's not excluded from this instruction. Mine isn't excluded, but in every circumstance. And you know what? We ought to be glad we know what to do in every circumstance. The world doesn't even know what to do. Thank God. This is not a punishment. This is a clarity. But in every circumstance, Jesus, what I do in every circumstance. Okay, good. We're going to tell you in every circumstance. And in everything, by prayer, what's prayer? Talking to God. In every circumstance, talk to God. See, isn't it interesting that Paul has to tell us, when you hit a circumstance like this, talk to God. Why? Because the natural thing, go talk to people. Or talk to your own mind. Try to figure it out mentally. But he says, when you're tempted to fret, tempted to worry, talk to God. Why? Because he's in a different flow. He's not in that worry flow. He's not in that fret flow, that anxiety flow, that fear flow, that worry flow. He's not in that. And if you'll talk to God, you'll step out of that wrong flow and you'll get into the right flow. He's offering you a flow, a flow of his presence, a flow of his fellowship. And that's going to, that's going to uh, settle you down, center you up into the right flow. So he says, instead of worrying, Instead of being anxious about it, talk to God about it. And petition or make definite requests. Make some requests of God. Why? Because so many times when we run into a a troubled place, we run and we start asking something of people. We ask something of them to provide something for us, be something to us. God's here, Paul's telling it, talk to God and make your requests of him, not people. Now, is it wrong to talk to people? No. I'm saying it's wrong to lean on people. 
So he said in everything by prayer, talking to God and definite requests. Look at this with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Faith is not complete until thanksgiving has been offered. Your prayer of faith is not sealed until you've thanked God for the answer. Praise the Lord. We come into his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. What's that mean? Praise is the start. Praise is the end. The request is in the middle. Praise bookends your requests of God. So make, talk to God, make your definite requests of him. Don't be vague. Make definite requests. Well, I, th- I don't know if I've talked to God about that. Listen, if you made a definite request, you would have known if you talked to God. If you're not sure if you talked to God, then you didn't, you didn't handle this right. You weren't specific and direct enough and specific enough making definite requests. And then with thanksgiving, why? Because you know he, hear- he hears you. You know he hears you. When you release your faith while you're talking to God, um, power always begins working. And we're thanking him. That's why with thanksgiving, every time we make a request of him, he goes to work. Yes. He goes to work, whether we see it or not. Yes. Before it's, the answer is even manifested, he goes to work. So we thank him for that. Yes. With thanksgiving, look at this. Continue to make your wants known to God. Continue to talk to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not asking him the same thing over and over, but you're doing it with thanksgiving, it says. Yes. Once you've asked... With thanksgiving, you continue. Father, I thank you that you heard me on that request and you're still working on that request. That's what it's saying. Continue to make your wants known. You're letting him know. I know what I talked to you about. I'm not asking you over and over and over and over. I remember I talked to you about that request and I thank you that you're working on it now because I'm talking to you about it with thanksgiving. Look at verse 7. And God's peace shall be yours. This is how you step into the peace flow. And then it goes on. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What's this word garrison? A garrison is a word for a troop of soldiers. So, uh, yeah, it's a military term. And so uh, peace will stand guard that when grief and sorrow comes, no, you don't. Peace has already been stationed here. Peace has already been applied to this situation. Who's going to apply it? God, no, you, you. God already applied peace by putting the fruit of peace in you. Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the spirit. The fruit of peace is in you. So he's already applied peace, but you have to assign peace. Mount guard. That way I could go to sleep at night and not wake up troubled and harassed with tormenting thoughts. Why? Because peace was mounting guard. Peace said, no, you don't come in. You don't come into this room. You don't come into this sleep. You don't get in. Why? Peace is mounting guard. Divine flow is mounting guard. This peace is a divine flow. Amen. It's not something you've conjured up. It is a divine flow of God. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not that the world gives, 
but mine. The same thing that governed him, the same divine flow that governed him on his earth life. He said, that's the flow that's yours. And I leave it with you. And that's what we're stationing as guards around our life. And I said, peace guards my life. Peace guards my heart. Peace guards my mind. It guards my family. It guards my church. It guards my congregation. Amen. Then verse eight, for the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, pure, lovely, lovable, kind, winsome, and gracious, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. How do you stay in the flow of peace? You fix your mind. You do not touch in your thought life. If it doesn't meet all these requirements in verse 8, if it's not lovely, if it's not kind, if it's not peaceful, you don't touch it. It means you have to be very strict with your thought life of what you allow. You have to be strict. Well, I've gone through a lot. You still have to be strict. Amen. Why? So that your mind doesn't put you in a wrong place. You don't want to miss upcoming episodes. We're going to keep talking about this. And there's so much to receive out of this. But before we, before we leave today, I want to pray with those of you who say, Pastor Nancy, I'm troubled. I've gone too far in the wrong flow. You're not so far, you can't come back. And the power of God can reach you right where you're at. And I want you to know your mind is still your mind and your future is still your future. And the plan of God for your life is still the plan for your life. Nothing has been lost to your life. God knows how to lose nothing. He knows how to restore everything back that you thought was lost and in multiplied form. So Satan, just those of you that you say, I'm facing grief, sorrow, worry, fear, um, anxiety, reach your hands out toward me and release your faith. Agree with me. Satan, I tell you, you take your hands off their minds. You take your hands off their life. You take your hands off their family, off their home, off their children, off their business. And we thank you, Father, for that peace of God that is a divine force, a divine flow, that it mounts guard over their hearts and minds and will not permit the the, the enemy's flow, the wrong flow into their life in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to invite you to get our book called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. Go to deframeministries.org uh, and you can purchase your copy today. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit deframeministries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Ontario, Canada at Promise of Life Church, August 27th through the 31st. 
For more information and to register, visit our website at defrainministries.org. Come expecting miracles. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrainministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Defrain Ministries for making this production possible.